Have you ever thought, I'd like to write a book someday? Then immediately shoved it aside as a dream with no chance of becoming. This show is about how regular folks went from being dreamers to doers, from letting their life experiences and faith remain their own to sharing it with their fellow travelers. So if you've ever wondered how the spark of an idea could turn into a brilliant book, these author interviews show you how by telling their inspiring and true backstories. I'm Roxanne Thane, one of the co-founders of Rooftop Publishing, and our team is delighted to introduce you to one of those legacy-leaving authors today. Well, welcome listeners. I'm so excited today to introduce you to Stephanie Frankham. Stephanie is a friend of mine that we have been friends for probably seven years now. And uh, we got together when we decided to write books and go to a conference back east. And we have been kind of joined at the hip weekly since that time. And that's been about three and a half, four years now. Can you believe that? I cannot believe it. Well, Stephanie is a delight, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her today because she has been preparing herself to write this book for decades, and and it's really built on your own experience, right, Stephanie? Very much, yes. And it's what you use actually to coach other people with now, today. Yes, I have a personal development coaching group that, that we use this as the foundation. I'm excited today to introduce our listeners to your wonderful book, from the Embers, Five Steps to Rise to Your Potential. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, the reason we even have this Backstory podcast is to kind of share your journey of writing this book, because you didn't just pop it out one day when it came to mind. And like I said, it's been decades in the making. So would you mind just giving us a little bit of that history of how the book came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So we have to go back, honestly, about 17 years. And I had a nonprofit organization called Art of Womanhood. And I had to write a master's thesis in preparation. You know, you're, you have all of this money that's coming in to the organization, and you have to show them that you are competent. So I was working on my master's thesis, writing to women, but having to do it at a whole higher level because it was for a liberal arts college. And we had... Well, I worked my tail off, and it was probably a 300-page book. So now you can fast forward, and we ended up sitting before a traditional publishing house who the only thing they seemed excited about what I was pitching was this organization. And I thought, oh, okay, I guess I need to resurrect that book. Because you weren't originally thinking about talking about that book. It was a different book you had in mind. Yes, because time had passed. I mean, a lot of time had passed. So I... I went on a personal writing retreat, and actually, I think it was at your house. Yes, <laughs> that's where it was. And I worked, and I worked, and I had already been working on it for months at this point. So I was ready to go ahead and start moving on it. I already had the other things that I'd worked on for a number of months. But as I sat there on that retreat, it was so hard. I mean, it was yucky, to, and, and it felt like work, really a lot of work. And I remember driving home, and it's about a two and a half hour drive. And I'm telling my husband, I'm on the phone, and I'm, he's asking, so how did it go? And I'm like, it was horrible. It was it was so horrible, because it's so hard. And he, he said, are you writing the right book? So I get home, and we're talking about it. And he finally asked, Steph, if you could share 
any message that you would want, what would you want to share? And that was easy. And it was all about helping people to see their potential and helping them clear out all the garbage from the past so that they could move forward and have vision again. So that's how it all came to pass. Now, the crazy thing is that once I started writing the right book, it took 11 weeks to finish the rough draft. That's amazing. And and it's I totally understand that idea of trying to remake something that you don't feel passionate about anymore. And you might just have to abandon some of it and to kill your darlings, to leave them behind and as little orphans and say, I'm moving on without you is difficult. But why was this book so much more exciting to you? Because it was experience. And I had just watched this complete transformation in myself. And when you see that, you think, you know what? I just want other people to be able to feel that. I want them to see that. I want them not only to experience it, but I want them to have their dreams begin to come true because that's what I had seen, where it was not happening prior to that. That's that's pretty amazing. And from the 11-week rough draft, how long did it take you to finally get it <laughs> published? Uh, you know what? It was within a five-month period that that was put out. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I also think it would be interesting for people to know that you did not stick with your original cover. <sighs> no, I did not. <laughs> Can you tell us about that too? Because I think that there's people who may have published something in the past that they would just want to bury because of how it looks. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting because what I didn't know what I didn't know. And in the beginning, I... I worked with somebody that helped me get something put together, and I thought, I think I like it. And I know that I had a little bit of tweaking, and we found some other things to inspire us and help it. But but honestly, I didn't do my homework. I didn't know how to do my homework at that point. And if I had understood the uh, the what is the word the resource that I had in you and in Christine at that point it would have been a very different project. So I didn't know that at that point. I didn't understand that that was your backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And I ended up with something that, well, I was okay with it until I saw your book and I saw Christine's book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not love my book anymore. (laughs) So so it has taken time. It has taken time to finally say, I can't do this anymore. I don't, I, I don't love, I love the, what's inside. I love the message. It still resonates with me. It's still changing lives, but the cover was not. So we did a complete, beautiful new redesign, and I am so in love with my with my cover now. Well, you know, something that I've learned is that the cover is the sales job, yeah. and then what you back it up with is what's inside, <laughs> but you've got to have something that people want to grab off a shelf because they just can't wait to pop it open. Yes. So it's, it is a beautiful book. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the obstacles that you had to overcome mentally, emotionally, or spiritually when you decided to write this book. So you already talked about, first of all, just mentally, it was just too much work. But what about spiritually or emotionally or family-wise? Were there obstacles you needed to move out of the way? Um, definitely. I always, I learned that I have to go away. I mean, I can try to write in the morning, the early hours of the morning, and I get a little bit done, but I spend so much time trying to get back into that groove. So I feel like I lose 20 minutes of my hour every morning when I write that way. So I had to, I learned I have to go away and it might just be for two and a half days, once a quarter, 
unless I'm really trying to pump it out, and then it would be a little more often. But that's kind of what it looks like for me. I just want to share. Can you just tell people about how you use Airbnbs? Because I think this is really powerful. So just how do you make that happen? Because most people are going, well, should I go to my mom's house? What should I do? Yes. I have somebody that I have found that is loves the business. And so she says, yeah, you can come in. I'll go in for the two and a half days. I think that we've got it down to about $50 a night wow. that I can go. And it's a beautiful place with a beautiful um, where it overlooks places. So we just find when she doesn't have it filled... And I, she works with me so I can come in early in the morning the first day, so way earlier than she lets other people come in. And I'm there until, so it's like a Thursday morning, and I just stay Thursday night and Friday night, and I usually come home about 1 o'clock on Saturday. And I work until 7 o'clock at night, and then I take a break. Well, I mean, I take breaks throughout the day, but no. And so it costs me $100 is all, and I just bring my food in and make it simple and easy. And I I have very productive writing retreats. Yeah. I think that that's what a lot of people think. They hear retreat and they think, oh, are you just sitting by a fire and your plaid flannel? <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, it's work, but it work. it's uninterrupted time. And that has been key for you. Definitely. Right. Okay. What about any other obstacles? Um, did you have any emotional obstacles about writing this book? You know what? Okay, not when I was writing. The actual writing went very quickly because I I landed in the right the right place, right? My problem really was I don't know where I had it in my mind that once you're done with your rough draft, you're almost done. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. So it was emotionally hard with that that uh, particular book to to work with an editor and realize how long it takes, that it's a process, that it's not it's not a reflection that you're a bad writer to have the editor come back with three or four different rounds of editing. It's simply you're taking a layer at a time and you're being able to move through it and up-level your writing and the understanding and the structure. And so now that doesn't emotionally beat me up in my writing, but it did then. It really did. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And I'm glad you used the term level up because as an assisted publishing company, uh, people think, okay, you're just going to help me get it done. Yes, but because we are putting our logo on that book, we need to level it up. And you want us to. You pay us to level it up. You don't want your first draft just because you want it done. You want the best quality you can get. And and that's why we have editors to help help level up. Yes. We want our authors to love it. That's right. We want them to love it. Excellent. Okay. So what were one of the happy things that you found in this publishing journey with this book in particular that was just kind of a surprise and a, a sweet thing for you? You know, probably my greatest happy surprise were it was my children hmm. and seeing how proud they were of me. I just didn't expect that. And they celebrated as much as I did, and it's so cute, and you hear that they're telling their friends, and and probably one of my funniest was my youngest son. He was about 13, and he loved the title of my book, loved it so much. He makes knives. He makes custom knives, and, and beautiful custom knives, and he wanted to call his 
company from the embers. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that was so boy. Cute. He didn't. He's like, well, then everybody's going to think I took it from you, mom. So I guess, so he calls it Edge of Embers. But he said, if you ever decide to change the title of your book, I'm calling my company from the embers. That is perfect. <laughs> Blacksmithing. Awesome. Right. Oh. Okay. So I know our listeners are going to be very curious about what is this book about. So can you teach us just one of the principles that you share in the book so that they get a flavor for it? Absolutely. I'll tell you my favorite, probably because it comes up the most for me in my life. And that is that in our lives, in our physical spaces, they are a reflection of our mind. So if your bedroom or your closet or your laundry room or your kitchen, you know, any any of these places, if they are a disaster, there's something that's going on in your mind. And I realize I'm pretty sure I have not yet done the research on it. I need to. But I feel like if it's the kitchen or if it's the office, whichever space it is, I believe that there is a reflection specifically on an emotional or spiritual level in your life. I'm not sure what it is. I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta, I've gotta learn about that. But I find that that comes up every single time, that that is a reflection. So for instance, when my son left, he did a two-year service mission for our church. And the morning he left, I cried my eyes out. And then I fell on my knees and I just said, I don't even know what to do. I, I just don't even know how to deal with this. And the answer that came very clearly was go clean your house. Mm. That was so interesting, but that comes all the time for me when I am in that place and I can't get an answer, um, don't understand direction, worry about a question for my kids, sorry, <coughs> any of those things, it always I know if I will go clean out a drawer or I will go clean up the office, whatever I do, I bring order to my physical surroundings and it brings order to my mind. Oh, I love that so much. I think that that's probably the perfect principle to share. Like you say, because everybody deals with it and everybody has to deal with it multiple times a day and and just to recognize that maybe that will be the thing that gets you unstuck. Exactly. And I think that for writers, especially <laughs> when I've worked on books, I get up early as well and I will clean everything, every drawer, my desk perfect. And I'm like, crap, it's only 420. <laughs> I guess I have like an hour and a half still to write. I better get writing because there's nothing interrupting me. And, and really to have that space clean, it is an invitation for creativity. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting too to watch that sometimes if you get your mindset in a place and you order your mind, it'll start to reflect out the opposite direction as well. But it's easier to take care of physical first. So especially when you are writing, you've got to have a space that is clean so that you can think and create. And let's harken back to your retreat. One of the benefits of being away is you're not like, oh my gosh, I need to fix that and clean that. And I can hear the dog doing that. And I, yep. it's a completely undistracting environment. Absolutely. Great, great. So is there some advice, if you could give advice to someone who is just toying with the idea? And, and this is what we do at Rooftop is we talk people through their ideas and say, is this something that you're ready to do? Is this something that um, it really isn't quite a book? It might be a nice 
essay, <laughs> but not a book. Um, what is the advice that you give to someone who thinks that they have a book to write? Truly, especially from from the embers, having written that, it is to get a team, whether mm-hmm. that is a cheerleading team and it's your family or that is an accountability group, and they are just helping you move forward. If it's a Facebook group where it's other authors and you're asking questions, if it's your designer, your editing group, your publishing team, you've got to have a team. And that is where I went wrong with that, with From the Embers, was truly not, not leaning in to the teams that would have made me successful in the cover design, and the things that would have make, made me happier that way. So I hands down, get a team. You do not have to do it on your own. Oh, beautiful advice. I love that. Stephanie, you're obviously very knowledgeable about this book and this project, but I'm interested in how it's actually gone out and rolled out to help other people. Can you tell us a little bit about the coaching program that you've created around it as well? Absolutely. It is a six-week group coaching. It is on Zoom. And so we have up to 20 people at a time that will come on and and work together. And so they will read a chapter of the book each week. And then we just do a lot of real-time coaching, what they're struggling with from that week, because they've already learned the principles Mm. from reading. And any questions that they have, we will do that. But it, it has been an amazing experience. I just barely had a gal yesterday that reached out to me and she said, would you please tell me where can I go to leave a review because it's made such a difference. She she is in a situation right now where she is very, very dizzy and has been incapacitated really for months and months on end. And she told me, she said, Stephanie, the thing that has been so significant from our coaching together and from reading the principles is that I, with my eyes closed, because I can't do anything but sit here, I can visualize something different. I can recreate what I really want and stay in a place of positivity and get rid of all of that garbage and the the negative self-talk that has been there. And she said, I just really want to promote your book to be able to help others. Oh, that's wonderful. What a payday. Truly. Really, don't we just think if we can change one person's life, it was worth the time and effort and, and money to do it. Stephanie, if others want to find your book, where do they get that that book? Yes, they can find it at the at rooftoppublishing.org, or they can find it on my website, stephaniefrankham.com, where they can also look into the group coaching is called Rise to Your Potential. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Well, Stephanie, it's been such a delight to have you here. We're so proud of you and this book and and what it's spawned for you, how it's really created a new arm of your business. And we're thrilled. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Though we've come to the end of this chapter in our author's story and the end of the show, we feel motivated by the legacy created when they took the leap of faith to write and publish their book. We hope this backstory has inspired you to pen the book that's in your heart. After all, your unique and faith-promoting message needs to be shouted from the rooftops.